Hi, my name is Alejandro Pérez Pérez and this is the AI Coffee Podcast. Every week we will have one episode regarding one disruptive aspect of technologies for the time to drink a cup of coffee. Today we have the honor of having Olga Dandres Fernández in our podcast. She is a relevant person talking about digital marketing in the social media, but also I'm a big fan of her because of her podcast and her newsletter that we will explain more later. Just before we start, I will present her a little bit. She has a bachelor degree in business advertising and international relationships in Madrid. Then she has a master's degree in digital marketing also here in Madrid. And also she has studies and courses about growth and growth hacking. Related to her experience, she has been working on several roles regarding digital marketing and growth hacking, some regarding to be next, product hackers, and now she has some different customers as a freelance. She also teaches about digital marketing in IE Business School, and she creates content. So she is a content creator. She has a podcast called Growth and Life, and also she's author of a newsletter called Star Remotely. So Olga, I said already, but I'm really a big fan of you. So it's a pleasure for me having you here today. I have listened to all of your episodes of the podcast and it inspired me really much for creating this content. So first of all, thank you. And just, I will give you the way to say whatever you want, but just to open a little bit the conversation, I have a very important question to you, which is the most beautiful place you have ever done scuba diving. First of all, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Also, it's my first podcast in English, so I'll do my best and I hope everyone understands it. And thanks again for having me here. Actually, I had my license of scuba diving in the Canary Island because I was living there last year. But my favorite place for scuba diving was El Hierro. That is a really small island in the Canary Island. And I did the scuba diving in a protected area that it was really, really nice because you have to book before going. So it's like very exclusive and I really enjoyed there. This year I was living and working in the Canary Islands. I could combine the great nature with my nine five job. In that moment, I was working at Product Hackers, the company that you mentioned before. But I really, really enjoyed the experience of living and work in the same time and whatever I wanted, that I decided to become freelance, that that is what I'm doing now, uh, working remotely as a freelancer and also, as you say, creating content in the newsletter, in the podcast, and also starting with YouTube that I started at the very beginning, but I really like it also. Yeah, so what was first, actually, the content you create about working remotely or your experience? First, I started the newsletter when I was going to the Canary Island, I don't know, in 2021. So it was first the newsletter with the remote living. The first newsletter was called Working From, like working from Canarias, working from Madrid, working from whatever. But when I became freelance, I decided to change the name. Um, I'm used to say it in Spanish that it's Emprenden Remoto, like start remotely. So that's the story. Just for the audience, I needed to ask Olga what's the name of all the content she does in English because she does everything in Spanish. And it was quite funny because it was the first time, right? You thought about that. 
Yes, growth and life, it's quite similar because it's growth y vida. So growth is the same in both languages, so it was easier. But it said that start remotely. I don't know if sounds the same in English and Spanish, but... <laughs> I invite everyone to listen to the podcast and to read the newsletter. It's in Spanish though, but it's really, really insightful. So yeah, really recommend it once. So Olga, the first question I have for you is what's digital marketing for you? And also what's growth for you? Yes, all the companies now need to grow their business. And I think there's a million ways to do it. I love digital marketing and growth because they combine so many areas and you can do creativity things, communication, and also technical tasks. When I was studying, I didn't know what to do because I really like a lot of areas. And with digital marketing and growth, you can test a lot of things. For example, one day you can do a campaign in social media. Another day you can do an experiment with Google Analytics. So you are doing different things. That's what I like. And I think that's the key to do growth. You have to test a lot of channels. You have to do a lot of different things to get the result. So I think that's the good part of digital marketing and growth, that every company has to create their strategy And my role is to help them to get the goals. Now I cannot see myself doing something else. It sounds really inspiring, actually, because you're connected to innovation somehow in the company and how the communication is also done. So it's really amazing, this role, actually. Yes, so good points. And actually, regarding also this role of marketer or growth hacker, what are the most important skills that these kind of roles need to have in this era of artificial intelligence? I think we can divide it into the hard skills, of course, that are very important, such as understanding something of AI and understanding how to work with ChatGPT, for example. But also you need to know about data, analyze how to see results, how to understand the data you have in front of you. Also, for example, content creation, languages are very important as hard skills, things that you can learn in different courses or whatever. But also, I think it's very important, the soft skills, because the person now that is going to be hired need to be curious, brave, and maker. I think the companies are looking for makers, people who can create things, not just studying. We need to test, for example, ChatGPT and ask them a lot of things. We need to test the no-code tools, for example. And that's, I think that's a soft skill that we need to do and to try because it's a future, I think. Because ChatGPT, for example, or another AI tools can help us to our work. But the soft skills are more innative in the person. So I think that's the most important thing. Also, the people who work in the AI area or growth or marketing, we need to be self-learner. Like we need to know how to study. We need to be in Twitter. We need to be in LinkedIn to see what the big companies are doing, for example. So hard skills, soft skills, but also self-learner. I don't know if you think the same because you work on that. So... I don't know if you are agree with that. I agree with you. The only point I don't agree with you, to be honest, is that you say that AI is the future, but actually it's the present, actually. So Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it will be, of course, much more and much bigger in the future. But that's true that I cannot imagine, for example, creating anything now from scratch without thinking about AI, for example. Of course, AI is not going to give you the final result and It's maybe not going to be the final, I don't know, copy for a page or something, 
but I can imagine that it will help much and more and more it's going to be like really a big part of our job. So yeah, what do you think? <laughs> yes, for example, creating content, of course, if I write a newsletter, of course, the my newsletters are written by me and not by ChatGPT. But for example, if you want to give a title to a YouTube video, it's easier to do it with ChatGPT. For example, if you want to know the words that are going to be better for Google, you have to look for it. And ChatGPT is going to know more than me. So for that, I think it's very helpful. For example, if you are working with a personal brand, I think that DBD doesn't understand my way of writing. So I don't know if he or he can substitute me, but it helps a lot with other tasks. Yes, actually, I have heard once that robots are going to make humans less robotic, let's say. So for all of these things that can be automatized, that can be, I don't know, for example, as you said, the title of a YouTube video or something that it's really technical sometimes because you need to find the correct words and all of these elements, it could work really well. But for all of these, let's say, creative part of creating content or these things that are quite humans, they're, they're not working well, actually, but they are not deserved. I mean, it's better that humans are still doing these human things. And actually, to be honest, I have tested while I am created content also. I don't know why exactly, but that's true that when you write something from yourself as a person, it connects much better than an AI. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you have tried like a tweet or something published by an AI or something. Have you tried something like that? No, not yet. Not yet because in my personal opinions and things like that, I want to do it on my own, not yet with the AI. But I use the AI more for external things. For example, a YouTube video or work with my clients or find new ideas of a specific topic that I'm not creative that day. So I go to ChatGPT and I ask for specific tasks, but not for writing content as Olga yet. Maybe I'll try it, but I haven't yet. I recommend you to try it once and you will see that it's not going to work really well. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but like audience is going to see that it's not you. There's a, I don't know the name, but when the year was ending, someone create a thing that read all your tweets and create the goals for next year. Do you know what I'm saying? It, I don't know the name, but it was a program that it's connected with Twitter and it reads all your tweets and it creates your goals for next year. And it's incredible. Because for me, for example, it was like create a no-code event, grow the podcast. I don't know. It was really, really good. So it learned from you, let's say, right? It learned, yes, yes. Wow. Yeah, actually, I have seen already a couple of times some AI models, let's say, or companies that offers these models uh, that say that it's going to be trained from you somehow. So... It could be, for example, reading your newsletters or if you have newsletters or your books, if you are a writer or something. And then these models will be able, let's say, to say new things like at ChatGPT, for example, but with your way of saying things. But actually, I mean, what's your way of writing? I mean, it's sometimes really complicated even for one person to understand because maybe now you write differently than six months ago, maybe. So, I mean, yes. uh, you are evolving, a person changed, so it's hard, I think. Yes, <laughs> but for example, I remember another thing that I read in Twitter, I don't know, some days ago, 
and it was a tweet from Javier Lacorte that it's a journalist, I think, of technology. And he says that now you can connect some IAs to tools like diaries. And it's going to be amazing because you can say, like, for example, what did I do the 6th of February of 2020? And they are going to tell you everything. So I really like that. For example, if there is an eye that connect Notion with a really good AI, Notion can create a book of myself, almost. I think that's amazing. Yes, it's like, a let's say, an opportunity, right? To create something mm-hmm. uh, that will work like that. Yeah, it's quite frightening, right? Like someone could copy you, let's say, and yes. yeah, it's, it's going to be really weird. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I have one question regarding your personal brand, because we have been talking about humans and robots, but now talking about what makes you human, you are working really much as a content creator. You mentioned the YouTube channel, that it's a new channel that you are creating, but also the podcast and the newsletter. How do you approach this process of writing or uncreated content? Uh, how do you usually do that? First of all, I always say that investing in your personal brand is always worthy because it's your most valuable asset. For example, with the podcast or the newsletter, it helped me to start new projects, get new clients or meet amazing people like being here because I'm here because of the podcast or the newsletter. So I think having these personal assets, it's always a good idea because it's going to help you, not your company. So I recommend people to this kind of project. In my case, I have in one hand the newsletter that I think it's easy for me because it's just right. And I think I'm good at it. And also I love researching and I try to look for the things that I like that week, for example, like I'm going to explain it every week. I share the best links or resources that I like. Sometimes I share a podcast, a tool, or it depends. So that part for me, it's easy because I'm working on that already. But the podcast, Growth y Vida, Growth Alive, it's a bit harder because it's like that, you know it. It's interview people, prepare the interview, then you have to edit it, then you have to upload it to YouTube or to Spotify, and then you have to create content to give visibility to the podcast. So it's a really big task. And I think I'm going to ask for help because every week doing a podcast, it's a lot of work, but I enjoy it. And since the beginning until now, I'm doing all on my own. But what I'm telling you is that maybe I'm going to ask for help because it's a lot and it's a lot of podcasts because it's every Tuesday I I have new podcasts. So it's a lot of work, but I like it. Yes, it is. It is a lot of work. And when you, <laughs> you listen a it. podcast, yes, <laughs> when you listen a podcast, you cannot imagine how much work it is behind. So just a message for everyone. Please be thankful for all the podcasts that exist because it really takes a lot of time. But of course, for people doing podcasts as us, for example, it's really worth it because yeah, I totally agree, Olga. You know, for me, if I was able to go to my version of me like three months ago, and saying, you know, you are going to meet Olga by doing a podcast, it will be really an amazing thing, you know? So yeah, it's really great to know people and to learn from others as well. Yeah. Yes. Talking about IAs, 
for example, I miss something to the podcast. Like, for example, we listen to this podcast and I need the main important things of the podcast. Is there any tool that do that? Because for me, it could be great because I have to write everything like, okay, these are the points and these minutes from minute one, it happens this in the minute five, it happens this. I don't know if there is a tool for podcasts like that. Uh, it reminds me to something that, for example, actually Microsoft is, is working on with ChatGPT and Microsoft Teams, for example, mm -hmm. uh, that apparently they are working on a version of Teams that could, with the recording of the session, let's say, I mean, do record the session and then by the end of the meeting or whatever, you have like the most important notes of everything. And even if you have shared the screen, for example, they say that maybe the most relevant things shared are going to be appeared like in a report. Mm -hmm. And for the moment, maybe there is something that works related to that, but I haven't seen it yet. I have seen something that could transcript the podcast, but you know, most of the things are ready to English at this moment. And also then you maybe you need to take all of this transcription and then maybe go to a chat GPT or a GPT model of, I mean, something ready to text maybe Notion also, and you need to ask this program to make you a summary or bullet points or something. And in that way, I think it already works, but I don't know if there is like already an existing tool for that. Yeah, yeah. We need to check about that. Okay. It yeah. could be great. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, one that I would really appreciate is an AI editor, let's say, because I have seen already some, they work more or less well. But they are not working, let's say, 100%. I mean, they don't work forever and everything. So at the end of the day, I need to edit also myself. So, I mean, I prefer directly to edit whole podcasts because there are like a lot of things that they don't do. But if they could do that soon, it would be really great. <laughs> yes, because it takes a lot mm, of time. Definitely. <laughs> and Olga, how do you stay motivated? And you continue to learn how to do things and growing. And what's your source of this motivation? I think, as I told before, our careers are a permanent learning process and we need to be all the time testing, investigating and learning. For example, now I'm taking a course of digital strategy with Noemi Carro. That is a girl that I met on Twitter. I like her way and I'm now taking her course. Also, I'm taking the Notion Architect course from Notionologia that they are experts in Notion and I'm taking also that course. So it's necessary to be there, to look into trends and test the new tools or social media and the courses you like, because you need to understand how everything works. I recommend everyone to do courses or to see Instagram, TikTok, everything, because it's the inspiration you are going to have. Of course, not being there 24-7. But it's where if you create content, you have to be there and you have to see what is happening there. So it's non-stop work, I think. Exactly. I agree with you. And one question, actually, have you thought sometimes that there is like a kind of anxiety about learning new things also? Because, I mean, what you said is really important that we need every time to learn new things. But also I realized that talking, for example, about AI, the beginning of this year, it has been absolutely crazy. And a lot of new things, new tools are coming. So sometimes, you know, I felt myself uh, really anxious about, wow, I need to learn this and this. And they mean, do you think that it's hard to find this equilibrium point? Yes, yes, it's not easy. And I think it's parts of life. For example, I haven't done any course during 2022. 
But I said, okay, during these next months, four next months, I want to study and I want to do that. And yesterday I was thinking, I'm not going to take any more courses until September because I think we have to find the balance between our life and our work. And it's not easy, but sometimes when I was in the Canary Islands, for example, when I was at the beach reading a book or taking a bath, a lot of ideas came to my mind. So I think it's good to disconnect and maybe you are fresh and you can work better. So I always recommend to go away and do no work tasks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And to take it easy, because even though everything changes really quickly, yes, you need to be, let's say, on your mind with some energy to continue learning. And yeah, really a great advice. And talking about also a really important point, have you ever had imposter syndrome? Because I remember that you create an episode for your podcast, maybe, and maybe I don't know if it's correct or not, but I remember that you create something, a newsletter or something about that you had sometimes imposter syndrome as a content creator. How do you usually handle it? Yes, of course. I have imposter syndrome. I deal with it every week. Not every day, because not every day, but every week for sure. What I do is when my energy is low, I try to move from the place I am and go to the gym or go for a walk. Or I try to do lighter activities, for example, cooking or things that I enjoy. Sometimes I play music in my house and that's all. And be confident that everything would be better in the future and it's going to be better. Imposter syndrome is always going to happen, I think if you create things or if you work, because it happens also when I was working in a company. So don't be hard to yourself and think that everything is going to be better when you disconnect and when you not look into technology, don't look into people that are doing the same as you are doing. Try to be good with yourself and take care of yourself. I think it's the most important thing, loving ourselves because the imposter syndrome is going to be reduced. Yes, and I'm still working on your project and believing in you. That's also quite an important thing because, of course, there are people that they do maybe one thing, one tweet or one TikTok video or something, and they after they have a lot of, I don't know, income or followers or whatever, right? But that's not the most common. So um, the most common are people that, I mean, have worked a lot and work even before they started maybe publishing a podcast or something. So, I mean, there is a lot of work sometimes behind. So I agree with you that it's something really common, but yeah, really sometimes really hard to handle. But yeah, what you said is really clever. And also, Olga, do you have any kind of, I mean, professional or personal advice to people maybe that want to start creating content? What do you suggest to them? I suggest them to start and do it because your first newsletter or your first video, for example, in YouTube that I'm starting, or your first podcast probably are going to be really bad or the worst you are going to do. So the sooner you start, the sooner you are going to have better content. So I think I'm not a very perfectionist person, but I suggest to do it and don't be afraid. No one cares what you are doing. No one is watching you. You have to be brave and say, okay, this is me and I want to share this content. I have this idea that I want to share with you and that's okay. And be yourself, like having your own tone, your own ideas, that is what connect with people. So I always say that is everything is good and you have to be brave to say it. So start as soon as possible. That's my advice. If, if a person wants it, 
you are going to do it great. Great advice. And finally, can you share any personal professional goals that you have for the future? And what steps are you taking to achieve them? Yes, as you know, I love build and share in public because it's what I do in the newsletter. So I'm going to share now in this podcast, three of them. One of them is I want to become an Notion ambassador. As I told you before, I love Notion. And for example, the steps I'm doing, it's I'm taking the course. I'm also working with a client that I'm helping them with Notion. And I'm also going to create content about Notion. So I think that's my plan to get it. I don't know if I'm going to get it in the next months or at the end of the year, but it's my goal, for example. Then, and you know it, I want to monetize my podcast. It's not easy to monetize the podcast because you have to look for the right brand or the right way. The classical way is to find a sponsor. And of course, it's not easy. But for example, what I'm going to do is create merchandising. I'm going to create bags and stickers for the podcast. And then I want to create a course of Notion and how I'm working the podcast with Notion. And the last goal is more personal. I want to live abroad in the next months. So that's the personal and I hope it happens in the next months. <laughs> more abroad, not just Spain or Lisbon, farther. Good luck with everything. I'm sure that it's going to be a fantastic thing for you. But please don't stop <laughs> to create the podcast and the newsletter because I'm a big fan. So I will be really sad if you, you stop. <laughs> Just stop. No, 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 no. I'm going to continue with that. <laughs> Great. Okay. So we are finishing, Olga. I have the final questions for the podcast. The first one would be, how do you like coffee? And the second one is, how may audience contact you? The coffee for me is very important. I always have it with oat milk and I prefer to have it before 9.30 because I like to have it just when I wake up and the first thing I do is having my coffee with oat milk always. Great. And how many audience contact you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter as Ola Andres or LinkedIn and Growth y Vida by Podcast. And I'm going to say it in Spanish because if you write it in English, you are not going to find me. Emprende en remoto on Substack. Great. I will put all of the links in, in the okay. description of the podcast and everything. So don't worry for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Olga, thank you very much for having you here. It has been an amazing thing. So I wish you all the luck with the new project you have in mind and hope to see you soon. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure and I hope people like it. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here one more week. If you liked it, please subscribe to the podcast and to the newsletter in alejandroperezperez.com. Please share both with your friends and relatives and don't forget to give me five stars in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next week. Bye-bye.